Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up? And welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. I am here with Tim Bruce. And Tim Bruce, you're a black belt in Kajikembo, man? Correct. Right? Yeah, he's a yep. black belt in Kajikembo. Where are you coming out of, brother? Arkansas is where I train in. Oh, but I got most of my training done in uh, for Kajikembo in Rhode Island. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. 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 And uh, what's the name of the school you're running? Oh, Combatives. All right. Cool. Cool. Do you have like an Instagram or anything like that? Uh, Facebook. You can see us on uh, Co-Combatives on Facebook. All right. There you go. That's where you can find them. So Tim reached out to me. Um, we're part of the Kajukembo, the pit Kajukembo Ohana. If you haven't checked it out, it's a page open to all martial artists, uh, predominantly Kajukembo right now. And few Kempo guys are coming in, <laughs> but it is open to everyone who practices or is interested in martial arts. Um, hence the Ohana part, the fam meaning family in Hawaiian. Uh, if this is your first episode, I urge you to just Google real quick Kajukembo and that we kind of have an idea of all the shit I'm about to start talking about and you won't be completely lost. Uh, at the end of this episode and every episode, there's a What is Kajukembo podcast that I did with uh, John Hackleman and Ron Steller, also Kajukembo Black Belts and they know their stuff. So if you want to know a little bit about that, that'll be at the end of the show. But as you saw in the title of this video, now me and Tim were throwing back, I'm really bad at marketing. So me and Tim were like going back and forth on some, on some possible titles. So I don't know what the end of it was. He recommended should kids participate in combat sports? And I wanted to be a little more controversial and say, should kids fight in combat sports? And I think that's going to end up being the title. Should kids fight? Because I fight, want people you know. to, to yeah. get cause controversy. Otherwise, you all won't watch my videos. I really wish I could be less controversial. <laughs> it needs to be controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it needs to be. But uh, either way, it does. It, for people to want to watch it, they got to get a little mad. And for those of you that actually jumped and are watching this and are now commenting on YouTube, you want to answer the question, press pause, answer the question on YouTube. Thank you so much. And, uh, and for those other people that aren't even watching this video and are already just arguing on Facebook, Jesus Christ, I don't know what to do with you people. All right. So either way, um, so right off the bat, um, some of the things me and Tim were talking about, I guess we're going to break this down into a few sections. When we talk about combat sports, uh, what do you think we're talking about? I know what I think I'm talking about. What do you think we're talking about when we're talking about combat sports? I'm usually coming from the idea of kickboxing, MMA, and grappling, either rest, catch wrestling or jiu-jitsu. So some form of competition in those matters. And um, yeah, I'm coming from the same perspective. Like any type of any type of sport that involves violent contact between two individuals is how I like. I got that psychology background, so I always want to break that down into a definition that <laughs> that even a non martial artist might be able to keep up with. So any any type of any type of sport where two people are hitting each other for whatever reason, for however amount. Um, I don't want to go into a long spiel of the differences between point sparring and the rules and stuff. I've already done other podcasts on that. And I encourage my listeners to check that out. But um, so yeah, what are um, to get ready for something like that? Let's, let's, let's make this a little more personal in your school. Um, how, what, what age ranges do you teach? So I start at six and for the kids class it goes six to 12 okay. and I have them start sparring three, four months after they start training. 
And it usually starts with shadow sparring, no contact, just footwork, learning how to move your head properly, get used to the concept of sparring and the spacing. And then they eventually graduate to headgear, mouth guard, gloves, MMA, four ounce gloves, or they're about two ounce gloves for the youngins, and then shin guards. And they start at about five, 10%. You know, and we always give them the spiel you're not trying to knock out your teammates, you're trying to train. But, you know, if someone gets hit in the head and they didn't like it, but it didn't actually, it's not a harmful attack, it was just a little jab to the face, we don't stop the match. We let them keep playing around. And with that in mind, for your school, what do your kids, what are your kids competing in? Uh, it's hard to find anything for these kids to compete in, right? So right now I'm trying to get them a kickboxing event set up with just another local uh, Kempo gym. But it's been hard to find them to compete in anything because the only thing that we have in our area is either point contest or jiu-jitsu only. And my kids, they're not dedicated jiu-jitsu kids and they're not dedicated kickboxing kids. They train a little bit of everything. They touch Kempo. And I wanted to be able to find something where we could find a nice, like a Kubo, where it's a little bit of both that these kids can compete in. But we just don't have it in this area, so I'm trying to actually start something like that up. But for the most part, in inner gym, we have nights we come in here and it's just kickboxing. Nights we have it's just boxing for them. Sometimes it's just jiu-jitsu, and sometimes it's MMA rules. So pretty much in your area for competition, um, it sounds like there's only point sparring and jiu-jitsu. Is that jiu-jitsu? Correct. And then for those of you that don't know what point sparring is, it's uh, it's pretty much very minimal contact. They have it's kind of like Olympic Taekwondo. If you have any who watch the Olympics. The Olympic Taekwondo rules, um, very, 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 sometimes no, especially for the kids, they'll allow no striking to the face, and uh, for some reason, still kicks. You can kick yeah, to the head, but you can't so punch them nicer. in the face, because, you know, we all know how a kick to the head is so less, so much less contact than in a jab, but either way, I'm not going to go there again. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, it's, a, yeah. it's the same thing with the Kyokushin. Like, every yeah, once in a while, we do the Kyokushin boxing. Oh, jeez. And... Yeah. Yeah, okay, you're not blocking your head even more so from the shin kick going to your head. Don't you get like, so, okay, I gotta I got, I got go. So, so I'm in Japan, right? And, and they have Kyokushin out here. And I tried mm -hmm. it out. I enjoyed it. Um, I did enjoy it. And thank, and big shout out to all the Kyokushin Ohana that let me train with them. But uh, one of my biggest criticisms when I was going in there was I did enjoy the contact. I feel like they do have very good training. Like, as far as like conditioning training, by far hands down some of the best conditioning training like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they talk about in karate where they talk about the magiwara boards and all that stuff that's coming from kyokushin all that kicking the kicking wood and all that stuff and taking hits um yeah and they're actually locking. doing it they're not yeah, just they're talking actually, about it. they're actually doing yeah, they're, they're doing conditioning it. their bodies they, they are they're definitely there's hands down they are conditioning their bodies to take full contact strikes they are doing that um, whether it's beneficial or not, the way they're doing that is different. That's a different question altogether. But they are doing that. They are tough guys. Um, but the thing that I found the strangest was the no punching to the face. And um, one of the biggest, at the end, weaknesses for them was, okay, I'll cross train with you. I can easily grab what I know and say, okay, I'm not going to punch you in the face. That's pretty because of, because of competing in points barring when I didn't want to. Um, mostly because my instructor was begging me to when I was coming up in the ranks. Uh, I do know how to do point sparring. It's part of part of the repertoire as, as a good black belt. You got to know how to teach as a country camp guy. You got to be able to teach those that acronym to your students and help them compete in those those specific styles if that's what they want to do. But um, so I was able to, to 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 hang with them, you know, and, and train with them. 
and spar with him. But then when it came time to flip that and say, okay, guys, now let's try what I do. Uh, there was a lot of dismay and a lot of complaining about not even getting punched to the face. Like some of the guys were getting mad that I was stopping my punches to their face. They're like, oh, oh, you, oh, you punched me in the face. Just like, making them flinch like, for it. Yeah. Like, no, I just, I stopped it, man. You didn't get hit. And he's like, no, no, I don't. I want to do it, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I want. I want to do what you're doing, but I don't want to do what you're doing. Was was the end takeaway. All right. Sorry, everyone. Back. Again, <laughs> I'd say it. Going back though, to uh, to to your little dilemma of where where can a Kajukembo kid compete in your area? Here in Japan, they actually do have full contact Muay Thai kickboxing matches for children. Yep. Now, for me personally. So my daughter asked me, she's like, do you want me to do this? I'm like, nah, I don't. I never, if you want to do it, if you personally tell me, I want to do it, I'll let you do it. I'll let you compete in a full contact Muay Thai kickboxing match when you are an adult. I don't want to see you going in there as a child doing a full contact Muay Thai kickboxing match for many reasons. Um, uh the first reason was well of course right now with the whole with, with football for, for people who are martial arts fans right now we're looking at football there's all this new research coming out with uh brain damage right like you I know that it's, like, it's something crazy i don't know what the numbers are and i don't feel like googling it right now but i know it was well over 60 percent of retired football players that played uh that played football not even professionally like just played for i think it was like five to ten years period they're looking at yep. them and they're finding brain damage in like a high number over 60 percent which is really big in statistics um so thinking about that in muay thai kickboxing you are going to get hit full contact in the head like you just said in in, in comp when you're training we try to keep it at 10 percent. we try to keep it controlled where you are not getting any brain damage because we're all very concerned because if you and especially if you're going to become a professional fighter if you get hurt i always say if you get hurt in your training then your training isn't helping because you're, you're taking a step back step forward. Yep. so like so i told my daughter that she was she's seven and she's like do you want me to like, compete in this because i had some other teenagers and they were begging me to compete and i urged them not to and the mother and the whole all three of them no we this is what we really want to do and i said but you guys say you want to be professional fighters right like yeah we want to be professional fighters and like then my advice to you is train hard and don't save do your this. body yeah save save your save your save your chin for when you're an adult because you need to make money off your chin and you like uh this is something that uh hackleman's always talking about the chin what do you, what's he call it he calls it the chinity chinity like like your virginity but it's the chinity like there's only so many times you could you could crack that yeah, and yep. you can't and you can't take it back so what are your thoughts on all that man? is is that gear do they have gear on it is it uh no gear muay thai Ooh, okay so there's different i think divisions. that makes a slight difference too there's different divisions and some of them are using i noticed for the younger kids uh i want to say i want to say for the elementary school students so from first grade to like sixth grade out here they were having them wear shin guards and and headgear and and uh and yeah they had they had more gear but once they hit junior high and up um that's when i started seeing no shin guards no shin guard matches, regular yeah. matches, and even with the shin guards, I'll, I'll I, tell you. I'll tell you what I think about with headgear. But you can go ahead and go with what you were going to say. 
I'm probably in the same way you're thinking about like how amateur boxers usually receive more concussions with headgear than without. But that's usually also because they also have the larger gloves. And if you take away those safety gloves and hand wraps, it's usually a lot safer. Like these, the, when I kids spar, they, they're not wrapping their hands. They're putting on gloves just to prevent scrap cutting. And that's usually about it. And the headgear is it's more so for the parents than it is for the kids. It's got the full face just so they're not busting their t- lips as much. But uh, my the funny thing is, leading up to this video, I was doing a lot of research. And is actually finding out that like skateboarding and bicyclists see more injuries and more head injuries than martial arts and now most of all the statistics it's hard to find katakembo stats but for full contact karate and judo bikes just riding a bike is going to lead to more injuries than competitive full contact karate football and soccer are going to lead to more injuries so to say that kids shouldn't have a form that they can compete in so if they so choose is like saying we shouldn't let kids play any sport because any sport is going to lead to injury you know and it's one of those things yeah you only got so many hits you only got so many hits in life in general but if a kid's passionate and wants to compete and wants that territory, you know, and the parents are okay with it, and the kid is trained, you know, and I'm a big advocate, don't throw sheep to wolves. If the kid's not trained, no, you're not, you don't need to compete. You need to train, you need to learn. But at the point that a kid is competent, right, you, you can tell when a kid becomes competent with their ability to protect themselves, then it's worth letting them try in a controlled environment. And what we're looking at doing, it's um, IKF. It's an international kickboxing federation. We're, what we're trying to do with the local gym meeting that we're doing, we're going to try to go off of that. And it's minute and a half rounds. And it's still supposed to be light contact. Like it, you're supposed to hit, but it's supposed to be without like malicious intent. But I think there, yeah, there's going to be risk though. There's always going to be risk. But from what the stats say, it's less than 1% of kids that train. And it says there's 6.5 million kids in America alone practicing martial arts. You know? So yeah. I think it's safer than not. And if you're talking about teaching kids self-defense, even if you're in your adult class, right? You can't learn real self-defense unless you spar. I can't tell my kid I'm teaching him self-defense unless he spars. And that's how I feel about it. And again, I think what we're talking about is is, is this balance, right? And this is, this is a tricky balance. I, I, I've personally fucked up this balance many times. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it's this balance between intensity, being intense, and making them have a real scenario because you're trying to protect them. Yeah. But at the same time, don't let the training be something that is the place where they end up experiencing the one thing that you're trying to keep them from the injuries, exactly. Right, right. Yep. Um, and it's a good thing you mentioned that thing about the headgear because a lot of people do forget. I mean, this is what I've seen with guys with headgear. Um, I've seen this with adults and I've seen this with kids too. You take off the headgear and they're very worried. They're super worried because they know they're getting punched in the face is going to hurt. So they end up restraining themselves more, especially yep. if they're, especially if everyone's on the same, everybody's on the same field of, Hey, we're, we're, we're not, I'm not way better than you. You're not way better than me. We're all the same uh, Coach is right there. Or, you know, uh, Sifu or whatever, sensei, whoever is watching this is right there to make sure that nothing happens. And we're both they're scared shitless. Usually <laughs> the first time they're both. Oh, but rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For good rightfully reason. Rightfully so. Yeah. For good reason. And they're, and they really hold back, but. You put a Susan helmet Hedgehog. on them. You put a helmet yep. on them, and suddenly they think, oh, I can take the hit. That's when you start seeing this stuff happening. And this doesn't this just happen with kids. That's just happen with adults, it's too. Adults, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that, even, I, I have these kids do it without headgear, you know? And I tell them, like, you're, you're going to make contact. If you can bop them in the nose, bop them in the nose, but you, their head shouldn't be jarring back. If you're hitting so hard that you're jarring someone's head, you're moving too fast for sparring. And, but no, I definitely agree. And it's safer to not have that gear. But 
more often than not, it's hard to pass that by, by, by parents. Oh, so nice. usually the head the headgear goes on for like big events. Usually with their testing or something, because I I do make my kids kid my kids spar for testing, you know. And but again, testing for us is once every six months maybe. So yeah. even for the white belt to the second belt, it's you're going to be training for a while and be pretty confident. Yeah. If not, don't. Yeah, and then like for for me, I mean, I have my kids. Um, the, the cool thing, and then you were mentioning you were mentioning uh, jujitsu. What I really love about grappling and jujitsu, specifically jujitsu, and not judo and wrestling. <laughs> and it's because the nature of judo and wrestling is the takedown. And um, I think I forget. I always hear this quote, and I forgot who originally said it. I, I hear it thrown around quite a bit. Uh, judo is the art of dropping the, the your opponent, dropping the world on your opponent's head. So, like the whole idea that the goal is to slam the guy onto the ground. Whenever we have that kind of, even with mats, that's all. They, they might just grab you know simple mathematics: your weight times free fall, <laughs> free fall onto your head. Now, but you, what I like about specifically jujitsu specifically brazilian jiu-jitsu is uh once they have this element in the practice that can also be done as training and this is why they have lower risk of injury is you can go pretty hard if the rules are hey we're starting from the ground i'm not going to slam you on your head um we're going to start right here on the ground and we're going to initiate grappling maybe from a certain position like closed guard or side mount and then from there you can go go complete free where you're starting on one knee and you start going into these positions and or uh, we can do very focused sparring where you're just in this one position. You're just in closed guard. You're trying to pass closed guard. And the other person on the bottom is either trying to sweep or submit you. And, go ahead. But going on that tangent, that is no different than telling the, uh, the Kyokushin guy not punch in the face. That's true. That's true. You know, if, if you start subtracting any part of it, it's no different than subtracting it from uh, sparring. Yeah, you know, and me personally, I've seen more kids get hurt in grappling than sparring. The strikes, because usually it's leg kicks, body shots, knock the wind out of them, or in judo they hit their back and get the wind knocked out of them. But more often than not, it's jujitsu where they get hurt because one kid bends over the wrong way, one kid gets bull rushed, one kid gets just tied up underneath himself, or a kid goes for an arm bar and goes a little falls back because he can't control it. I think there's actually more risk in the grappling than the striking and only for the fact that the worst thing that can happen in striking is the concussion usually especially with kids six and ten like they, they don't have enough punch power to really do m much more damage but a six-year-old is heavy enough to accidentally dislocate a shoulder heavy enough yeah. to snap an elbow heavy enough to tear a ligament when think, rolling or when pushing and pulling and i think that comes down to again and so right now i'm not talking about competition <laughs> This, this, this is, and this, is, this kind of goes to what I was saying about the Kukushin guys, too. There's things you can take out of the training that help you later in competition, but that in competition wouldn't work, if this makes any sense. So right. like, when you start doing positional sparring, and then, oh, I, so with my kids, I take this up one notch. My kids don't know how to submit people. <laughs> They're too young. It's really hard to teach a seven-year-old an effective Robert. submission. Like, it's really hard to do it. Um, they'll kind of have the idea of it, but it's really hard for them to catch the concept. It's easier to tell them, hey, you just have to pass this position. So if you're if this guy's in, in close guard, I just want you to get out of their close guard and get inside mount. Or if the person is sitting on top of you in mount, 
I want you, the person on top, just to try to stay there as best as you can. And the person on bottom, try to get out of that position as best as you can. Yeah. And with kids, yeah, since they're, since they're light, what ends up happening is a lot of scrambling. And if you're watching it, you stop the scramble because that's where the injuries happen or during the scramble. Exactly. Like they'll stand up and start. Now back to what I said earlier, where judo and wrestling has a lot of injuries because, like you said, the bull rush. Anything, like even, once, even in once, a ground. Yeah. Once two even people, in a ground. Good. Sorry. Once two people have disengaged from a position and are no longer in a position and they're clashing to gain a position, that's where injuries happen. And that's where, like, yeah. That's where judo, that's where wrestling, everything. That's where a lot, a lot where of the headbutts happen. happen. Yeah, that's where the headbutts happen because they're they're doing this stuff. Time. So, um, and again, now we're kind of again, we've done this. With, I don't know how many times we've done this already. We're deviating from but, the actual competition. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> going back in co- competition, if a kid goes to a jujitsu match, there's going to be wild scrambles because they're geared up. They're they're ready and going, and I think there's more chance at a geared up kid rolling in competition getting hurt than a kid in full gear doing some relatively rough sparring or competition contact kumite but that's my that's been my that's been my what i've seen so far seeing kids roll and then seeing kids spar usually they're a lot safer sparring than they are rolling because more they just their body control goes out the window sometimes when they're rolling whereas they seem to have a little bit at least when they're standing up still yeah but that could be with the philosophy we're training here yeah you know i think it depends on the on the type of grappling happening I know as an instructor, I learned the hard way that the best way to teach grappling is from the ground up and not from the top down. That that is, I don't know how many injuries I've had people got. I've had even take down like just yeah, not even competing, not even, not even sparring, just plain old. Here's a double leg takedown. Here's how to sprawl against a double leg takedown and injured knees, injured ankles, just because they're inexperienced and they're trying to learn. And the bigger the person, especially for the adults, the bigger the guy, the more weight coming in. So the more I had, so what I had to do is, okay, wait, these people need to learn, like, I'm going in the wrong direction here. I need to start from the bottom up, not from the top bottom. And that's why, like, again, for the Kaja Kembo stuff, if you look at the, I don't know how your curriculum works, but for us, a lot of the takedowns are a little more based on uh, judo. So you'll grab like, you'll grab the, if they're wearing a t-shirt, you'll grab the t-shirt by the sides. If you're wearing a gi, you can grab the gi. And you can do like a light, slow, controlled sweep for the practice. And then the other person's learning how to break fall. So you're more, you're more working on break falls technique than, and, and technique rather than, uh, than resistance against. It, it's the same thing when I teach my kids. Like my kids, they don't learn hip tosses. They're not learning, uh, rear suplexes or forward suplexes or double legs that require you to lift the person off the ground. Most of the time they're going over takedowns. Yeah, I use like a CNE, like collar and elbow. They have a they have to keep maintain their grips and do takedowns from because it's really hard to accidentally drop them too hard if you maintain your grips. But when it comes to competition, what is it going to be? Judo, jujitsu, or uh full contact kickboxing of some sort. And the question is, is it safe enough? And would people let it? Would people allow kids to do it? I think it's safer than most other sports, but the risk is still there. Yeah, and regardless of the. And and again, like this, this happened. I forgot. I, I came across an article, and that's probably the one that I'm going to use for the picture. Um, 
and it, I think it was a uh, it was psychology it was psychology today a long time ago talking about should kids be participating in MMA, and there was like a you know, probably a 10, 11 year old full mounted on another 10, 11 year old beating this ground and pound. Not, yeah, yeah, it was a ground and pound beating this. It looked like an MMA. It was a, it was an MMA match. It was an MMA match with two kids. Mm-hmm. And um, this goes back to my qualms here in Japan, watching, watching kids in full contact fighting. Like, I mean, again, if you want to do it, do I think uh, this is this is the things that get kind of weird to me? There's, so just like an amp, like I, I don't know how much uh, amateur MMA you got, but like an amateur MMA around here, you hit the ground and someone punches your glove six times, they stop the fight. There, so I think I think what it should be is if we're gonna have kids do that, we need to have like really sport rules for okay, you're down and they hit your gloves three times or hit you three times, it's immediately stop. You know, just make make it where there's more risk to the failure. That, that'd be one way to keep it a little safer. And um, it's interesting you're talking about that because I, I was talking to uh, Renato Benardino. He's a Kajikema guy from Portugal. And he's trying to come, he, he's looking at something very similar to what you're looking at as far as like, but we still, what you guys are both talking about and what I've also done in my classes, and I think what maybe what I'm getting the hint out of this is a lot of Kajikema guys are doing this because there is no venue. <laughs> there is no venue for what we do, the closest thing is MMA. Yep, that's exactly. the closest thing. Um, the other venues are going to be either, like you said, the 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 more the more recognized combat sports, like either boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, now jujitsu, but before it was judo, and, and now jujitsu. So we can participate in these things, but they're not exactly what we're doing. They're not and our then, things. And then what you're also implying. Uh, if I'm if I'm catching you right, is that if people are okay with kids competing in these things, these things would be just as dangerous as the thing that we're doing would be. You're arguing more dangerous. I'll say just as there's risk is always there, and it's always going to yeah. come down to who's who's controlling it. There's a lot of variables here, but let's just say we have great great referees for all five of these things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing the risk is the same. And if you're willing to be okay with these things, all five of those, why yeah, not then, then why not the sixth, right? Like if you're if you're already say if you're already and maybe some aren't, right? Maybe some one are this already, but I'm not okay with those five. And things. I could do that. Therefore, I'm not okay with the sixth thing. <laughs> like that's but that, and that then, might but, be it. <laughs> stats stats would say, are you okay with your kid riding a bike? Are you okay with your kid getting on a skateboard? Because if not, that's the same as you saying, don't let a kid do some full contact hajikembo. World's a dangerous place, but I prefer my kids to experience danger in a safe area or a safe competition than the bathroom stalls where the boys are going to get attacked and beat up. You know, I, I'm, I get real serious with my kids and I have those kinds of conversations with them. One of the reasons we spar and one of the reasons I uh, implore them to try some competition is so that they get that adrenaline rush out because you're never going to get it's hard to get that in sparring. It's hard to get that in such a controlled environment. So I'm not telling these kids to go have a Muay Thai career at the age of seven. But dip your toes in that water and make sure you can experience that so that way you get that that feeling, that experience, so that when I tell you this self-defense is for violence, you now understand, oh, violence. Because there's a lot of kids, I'd say 99% of people that train martial arts don't know what violence is. Not yeah. real violence. Violence in here maybe, but not violence when it really happens. They don't know that fear, that how things change. And I think competition, MMA, full contact, jujitsu competitions is the closest we're going to get to it. 
But for me, it's hard to tell my kid, go to a jujitsu competition when he trains jujitsu half the time that another kid trains jujitsu because he's predominantly jujitsu. Or when my kid knows that if he's some kid's fighting a bad position, he could just throw a punch to him as opposed to trying to work loose from that position constantly. And that's where the Kaj Kembo is held back in competition because we're got more feelers out than we have a narrow path like most places will train. I think now you're going into a different topic. Is Kaj Kembo fit? What is Kaj Kembo? No, 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 no. I will not. I don't know how many times. If you've listened to the podcast lately, every time people say that, I'm not doing that. You almost have a disclaimer before every episode. I should say that off camera. You're not doing what is Kaj so, but um, I do. So, like again, and as you know, working with parents, some parents don't want their kids in a skateboard, right? Yep. So some parents want to grab their kid and wrap them in bubble wrap, <laughs> poke holes in it so they can breathe, make a and hole I, in their face so they can eat. <laughs> I'm zero. Uh, you you mentioned it when you talked about your adult class in one of your episodes, but you discussed how like you're not for hobbyists. I tell the parents the same thing. Hey, if it's not for your kid, it's not for your kid. If your kid doesn't want to get kicked in the stomach when we're doing very light conditioning, doing front snap kicks to each other, and he's going to cry about that, I'm not going to baby him. He's either going to get kicked like every other kid's getting kicked, or the same for him. Yeah. There's a there's a big dojo down the road where you can do katas all day. But this is this is going down to we're getting to the what is Kaji Campbell, but I'm just this is but that goes to the competition true, because again, do you want your kid to learn self defense? Do you want your kid to be really ready to be able to protect himself? then I think there's a certain level of competition that needs to be involved with that. Because yeah. that competition is the closest thing that kid's going to get to experience in it. And he experienced it at least once so he knows what the hell he's messing with. And then, so, and I, I've said this before on another podcast, like, um, Gracie Baja's slogan is jujitsu for everyone. And I, if Kaju Kimbo had a slogan, it would be Kaju Kimbo is not for everyone. <laughs> like, yep. It's the opposite of that slogan. It's, like, it's, not, it's, for not, for, it's not for the faint of heart. Definitely, it just not. simply isn't. Definitely not. So, like, um, we're almost getting to the end of this. But one thing I want to mention that I think is pretty interesting: uh, Hackleman likes to have his kids do sumo practice with helmets on, and highly supervised with two coaches watching, so that as one kid starts getting thrown down, they come in and pick him up, right? So that the, the kids actually not slamming the ground. And he has very young kids doing this, and he's had really, really good success as far as not having a lot of injuries coming out of his gym he's he's and that's a lot of people are surprised by like i had people contact me off you know off air and be like you know i don't i don't run a hardcore gym like hackleman but i have my guys full contest for all the time and i'm like well to be honest <laughs> like, i've gone to Hackleman's gym i've trained with him i've really analyzed his program he does not have that he talks about this and if you follow he talks about how he used to have the guys beat the shit out of each other and Liddell used to beat the crap out of each other and then Jordan's he, had to, he had to lean away from that because when he started inviting the general public to come train with him, a guy was like, this is great. This is real self-defense. But people are going to get hurt. You're lucky no one's gotten hurt yet. And two, you're going to get sued. You're going to have to figure out a way to keep doing what you're doing with yep. keep the intensity without the injury. And we all got to go to work tomorrow. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. Hey, we're doing takedowns, but we all got to do. We all got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Or we all go to school. Uh, whatever. Yeah, for the kids and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. And that's my thing. And, you know, I, I'm not as experienced as a coach as most people are. I've got about six years and three years of this of my, this particular gym. But I've not had any kids get hurt. And we spar frequently. We roll frequently. We do uh, collar and elbow, which it's it's basically just judo, but with specific grips. And you have to maintain those grips. Um, 
and no kid gets hurt. We've had some kids get their air knocked out once in a while, hitting their backs, bad break falls. Um, we've had a bloody nose once, and he giggled about it. And three years of kids going at it, and they're not going at it hard, but more, I'd say a lot harder than your local karate studio. And the kids actually, they grow off of it. They grow because they know that they are doing something that other kids aren't doing. They know that they, they, the, them, those kids and their parents know that their kid is safer because we let them compete with each other, because we let them touch that wa those deeper waters. And then I'll add, and I don't know if this means I'm for or against kids participating in full time karate and fighting. I, I think that's I already fucking said that's karate. Fighting and fighting in combat sports. But anyway, um, I'll add to that and say I've been teaching. Oh boy. Jeez, a long time. We'll just say over 10 years. I've been teaching for over 10 years, uh, different programs here in Japan. 10 years solid in Japan. And then even before that, back in the States, we'll just say we're 15 years. And I've been teaching kids for 15 years, even coming up in the ranks with my instructor. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a child have to go to the doctor in training from training. Now, the only time I had a kid, and the kid still didn't go to the doctor. Oh, no, you know what? That was not my bad. That wasn't my gym. So one of my guys did get hurt because one of my kids, the mom insisted. That, and again, I, I leave it up to the parents. Cons consent, liability. Uh, that's all up to the parents. I'll strongly recommend against it, but if by all means, this is what you want to do, then I'm going to make sure that you don't get hurt. That, that's yeah. going to be my approach to it. So I did have those two kids compete in, a, in that full contact Muay Thai kickboxing tournament here in Japan, and I, mm -hmm. I told them they weren't ready. They only trained for a year. It, they, uh, it didn't go well, and I told them it wouldn't. <laughs> it wasn't a surprise. That it didn't go well. Um, they did a kickboxing match, did okay, but then when they said they wanted to do the, they, they did a full contact kickboxing match and they didn't get hurt in that match. They lost, yeah. but did not get hurt. Yeah, and that, that, I'd say that's most and most when people. The Muay Thai one though. Uh, again, the one kid, I told him, hey, this guy, and again, when we talked about who's winning the competition, this is the thing. This is the kind of shit that happens when you get involved in this. Mm -hmm. You have no control over who's running the competition. <laughs> I mean, unless unless you do you do like what you're about to try to do, perfect. Because now you are in charge, right? You are. You're talking about getting a committee and being on a committee. Um, when the committee already exists, then you're just a participant in that. This goes back to the, your original title, which is kid participate, right? You're a participant. You're no longer in control. So as a coach, I warned them. I don't think you guys are ready. Um, these people are world class. I don't think you should be here. They're not dividing anything by ranks. You shouldn't do it. I kept saying, no, no, no. And the mom and kids kept saying, yes, yes, yes. So against my better advice and judgment, I was like, okay, I'm telling them no, but they're entering anyway. So like, if I say no, I have two choices right now. They enter anyway without me being there and get super hurt. Or they enter and I supervise and throw in that towel quickly. Mm -hmm. And I sat there with the towel. And I'm like, as soon as I see him get cracked, I'm throwing in the towel. Yep. So like. I, I told him, I told the first kid, I'm like, keep your hands up. Don't get rocked in the head. If you think this person's way better than you, then your goal is to not get hurt in this match. Now, if you can get them, get them. If you can't, 
get your hands up, cover your head, nice, and don't worry, you did a great job just stepping in there. Yeah. And that's exactly, that kid listened to me and did a great job. That's exactly what happened. They put him up against the previous year's champion. The guy just started cracking on him. He kept his hands up. The referee stopped it immediately. Right? I think the fight lasted less than 30 seconds. Um because they kept breaking it up. He did it a few times. And at one point, he did a sidekick. Bam! I was like, nice! He got the sidekick. Then he got, he got rushed again. Mm-hmm. His hands up. I'm like, all right, you didn't get hurt. Great job. His brother, his brother, not so much. His brother, his brother ended up uh, catching the guy with an illegal shot to the groin. And they didn't stop the fight. So he was hurt. And I told him, get him. Well, he's hurt, get him. And he was winning the fight. And then the guy turned the tables on him. And then I told him, put your hands up, put your hands up. And he started, he started going toe-to-toe. And he got, yeah, he got rocked. Um, I'm pretty How old were these guys? The first one was 13 and the other one was 13. Teens. Yeah, they're teens. They're not children. Yeah. In my eyes, they're children. 13, 14. A little too young to get rocked in the head, in my opinion. But, yeah. Um, the, old, the youngest one didn't get hurt. The, old, the 14-year-old, he got rocked in the head. Um, with, uh, I believe it was a combination of a knee to the head and then a, and then a hook. He went See, down. O- over here, a lot of the amateur Muay Thai for the kids, there's no knees and no elbows to the head. Oh, okay. No knees to the head, no elbows to the head. So they even take that out. Yeah, no, there they were, they were, was full Muay Thai rules. Um, yeah. Which I warned them about. Which I told, which I warned them about, told them, and explained to them. Either way. So... There's my, my, I guess right there, there's a horror story and there's a good story. Yeah. And again, I think this really comes down to the parents, right? Um, what do you want your kid to do? So, like, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this podcast with my question to you. What do you tell a parent when they come in and say, uh, they come in in the wishy-washy 50-50 cap? I want my kid to be an MMA fighter. Don't want my kid. I, I, I'm not sure about my kid competing. What should I do? What do you tell this parent? I, I tell him no kid has to compete, but and no kid even has to spar. I ask him, kid doesn't want to spar that day? Okay, you don't have to spar. I'm not going to force you to spar. I'm going to implore it, but you're not going to have to spar. But it, if you want your kid to actually learn how to defend themselves, they're going to have to practice what we're preaching in here. You know, we're not going to be, you can't just punch air and punch miss the whole class and think you're going to be able to protect yourself. If you care about your kid being able to protect themselves, let them partake. And they will be able to protect themselves if you give me enough time with them. Because that's what happened to me. I started with very traditional martial arts. And when I was 10 years old, I got pieced up by a boxer. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to go learn some boxing. I started learning boxing, started learning wrestling, and just kept going until I knew I could protect myself. And now I'm just trying to siphon that down to the next generation. If I tell a kid I'm teaching him self-defense, I'm not teaching him anything less than what's going to be real self-defense. That's why it's cult combatives. It's combat. And I'm training them for combat hopefully defensively we preach that as well got it so there's your answer any parents who got through this and asked themselves got through this and are not martial artists thank you for watching and putting up with the the, all all the things we just threw at you a lot of information i do urge you to google a lot of the stuff we just talked about if you have no idea what we just said uh, i do urge you to google a lot of that stuff um, you know, I really appreciate you being on the show, Tim. And um, to my listeners and to my viewers, thank you for supporting Social Jello with Angelo. If you like what you saw, again, subscribe. 
comment, talk about it. Yo, you can have, I open discussions up on, in the comments if y'all want to talk about it. And share it with your friends. If you have other, if you, if you know anybody that has, maybe is asking themselves these kind of questions, share it with them, let them watch it. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, brother. Thanks again. And Thank you, bud. Next.